We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Reload. I apologize for a a little bit of a late start. I was trying to make sure I got everything kind of underway, making sure that everything is, uh, in fact, good to go. So my apologies on that one. But uh, how's everybody doing today? Welcome to The Reload. If this is your first time, if this happens to be your 11th time, which this is the 11th episode, so that would only kind of make some sense. Uh, I want to give a massive thank you to you for obviously tuning in for today. As we've got a, a pretty jam-packed episode, I hope that uh, everyone who is out there is maybe enjoying their morning. If you're across the pond, I hope that you're enjoying your evening, and uh, I'll be 100% honest with you right now at this point. Oh, I- I'm coming into today's episode in somewhat of a bad mood, right? My Browns lost on Sunday. It wasn't close. The opening drive was fantastic. I was hyped. I was thinking, here we go. And then it ended up being that it wasn't close, right? It, it was. I was thinking, here we go. At long last, we can finally have a dominant game to open up the season. And we did not. Uh, we, we definitely did not, that's for sure. Uh, and then from, from there, we proceeded to give away more yards on flags than I think Ben Roethlisberger has had thrown in his entire career. So there you go. Hopefully, uh, for those who watch American football, that your teams did well. If you're a fan of the Patriots, I'm sure you're happy. If you're a fan of anyone else, it's probably up for speculation, that's for sure. But like I said, we've got uh, I'm not I'm not in the greatest mood as of this moment, but uh, coming into today and with all the quality news that we've got to uh, to discuss, it's fair that my mood will totally change up. It's fair that my mood will will quickly begin to go ahead and turn around. And uh, we appreciate, like I said, everybody for tuning in for today. You can feel free to find the reload live here every Tuesday 
at 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash prediction esports. You can also find us on iTunes and YouTube, so make sure to find all of our podcasts and shows there. We'll have links in the chat if you're interested. And uh, for those who may be a little bit curious, right, if you're listening to this, watching this on, uh, on, on YouTube, listening to it on iTunes, you may be hearing me talk to the chat. Uh, or maybe even mention that we're live right now on which platform is that? Well, that's actually on twitch.tv slash prediction esports. So if you hear me call it the chat, if you hear me start to reference someone else's conversation, it's because I am in fact talking to a, uh, a live audience, if you will, for right now. So like I said, make sure to check us out here uh, every Tuesday at 1230 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, like we said, prediction offers the chance to learn and converse on more in-depth subjects about all, all the latest and greatest esports from NBA 2K to Overwatch, to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, and even to Call of Duty. We continue to expand rapidly each and every day, and feel free to let us know what games you would like to see us maybe get involved with next by getting involved on social media. Tweet at us, at Prediction with two E's. Tweet at myself, at Lando. And uh, like we said, we'll go ahead and get on into things. Uh, all right, so let's go ahead and start from the very beginning. Let's start from where we are as of this moment, Twitter has decided to literally burn itself down over the last few days in terms of rumors, in terms of speculation. That's kind of a majority of what today's show is about. We've seen Karma and Crim6 announce their free agency. What does that mean, right, for the previous Optic players? Are they sticking around or are they going elsewhere? Also, we've got a uh, rumored lineup for Atlanta, a mix of uh, tiny terrors. Could the A-Town be getting some A-list talent? All that and more on this episode and quickly before we hop into the very first topic guys feel free for those who are in the chat get involved right give me your opinions give me your thoughts on different things you know do you have an opinion about the optic lineup once we get to that subject maybe when we cover atlanta when we cover right now Genji's departure from call of duty i want to hear what you guys are thinking like i said it's important for me to obviously keep this conversation going and to, to keep this podcast going strong but I want for you guys to get involved in the chat. And obviously, if you're not live with this right now, if you're watching this, uh, you know, someone on a delay, maybe you're watching this one a little bit late, which is no problem. Feel free, right? Get involved in the YouTube comments. Let us know on Twitter. Get involved on social media if you're watching us on iTunes. So, like I said, I want to make sure that, that conversation is known. And I already see Spaceman. Shout out Spaceman, by the way. Awesome caster and happy to hear about a few of his opportunities. He says, per sources, Lando is now a restricted free agent looking for a quarter mil. Uh, confirmed. <laughs> That's for sure. Definitely confirmed. I'll be your entry anytime. Uh, which would not pan out very well. I would definitely die a lot, which, you know, could be could be the case. But let's go ahead and talk about our first subject, right? Genji leaves Call of Duty. Now, before we cover speculation, it's important to cover this because for me, this at least came as a shock. It really did. This for me came as a huge shock considering that Genji announced that they will not have any involvement next season in Call of Duty franchising. Now, this pops up for me as somewhat of a red flag. This... And I will say reason being is that they showed all signs of wanting to be involved for next season. They got a call of the new roster. They continue to stay involved in the community. They fit all the major stipulations. They have the money. They have the history with Activision and they own an Overwatch League team, right? The Soul Dynasty. They announced an LA based headquarters for their other esports, but also Call of Duty in mind for that. And from what I was told, they were a lock. I mean, I was talking to a few people who have some knowledge and they were saying, yeah, they, they should be a lock. They were contending for the LA spot and we're really not sure uh, how they didn't grab it. And that kind of leads to my speculation as well, right? I was very convinced. Okay, we got Gen G. I was also thinking, hey, we got LG as well. And that seems to possibly be the case, maybe with Seattle as a few leaks have started to come out. 
Shout out to Crone. Um, but this came as a, as a really big shock to me because I thought, and I was under the impression, they're in. I, they were in, right? They have the money. They have everything. They, they literally, they fill every single option. Every task you throw at them, say, oh, do they have the money? Oh, do they have the history? Do they have the relationship? Yes, they do. They, they absolutely do. I thought they were locked in along with the Optic LA, which is uh, rumored to be, or the LA Optic, if you will, for next season. And that's what I was under the impression of as well. And what I thought was solid. Uh, and what I was told was that Jinji was pretty much outbidding everybody. And I'm not sure like how that kind of went over time, how that kind of continued to uh, to move on forward. But I, and I'm not sure if this came down to a decision by Activision Blizzard to give the, uh, you know, Karanki family the spot because of their L.A. position in the OWL and because of their backing in professional sports with L.A., obviously with the Rams and whatnot. But like I said, for this, this came as a real shock. When I saw that, I was like, wait, really? Like, th this this is real? And I had to, like, check. I wanted to do all this research to make sure that I was not, uh, in fact, just leading into things, maybe reading things incorrectly, but that was not at all the case. And uh, it is unfortunate, right? Because we're losing a very well-known brand, known for especially their excellent facility. That's all that I feel like I saw coming into champs was everyone was talking about their boot camps, and I think every team that attended Gen G's was like, wow, <laughs> we definitely were treated very nicely. We were treated to the highest of caliber, uh, and their facility was fantastic, right, based in L.A., and uh, they're, they're known for taking care of their players, and it's unfortunate that we have, in fact, lost another organization with at least some sort of, uh, of a Call of Duty Esports background, right? I know only one really full year, but it was still great to kind of see their progression. They had the unfortunate ending at Champs, uh, in which I got to kind of call their last game, and I did not think it would be their final one. I thought that they would kind of advance into the franchise era, move into Modern Warfare, and uh, at least keep a few guys on the team. But it is unfortunate, right? We've lost Evil Geniuses, we've lost Reciprocity, we've lost the uh, the Juggernaut and Hunter Thieves, and now we've lost Genji, etc. There's been a few more, but all dipping out. It is uh, it is rather scary, right? But if you're a fan of Roster Mania, this this kind of works for you, right? If you're a fan of the roster changes, if you're a fan of kind of how the off season goes, then you know, depending on if you're not or if you are a Genji uh, fan. Uh, you're probably pretty stoked about this. And the reason why that is, is because of more restricted free agents. Yes, more restricted free agents. I think we have seen more tweets over the last few days than I can remember in a while, right? This is looking like a, an old, for those who are around, ghost advanced warfare type offseason where everybody after the season is over is tweeting free agent. This time around, though, it seems to be kind of based specifically around the idea of restricted. And I see Revan in the chat. Happy to see Revan, thank you for uh, for tuning in, buddy. Um, but like I said, this this kind of leads us into the rumored Atlanta roster. Now, this is kind of important to discuss because I want to preface this and say, you know what? This is not by any means a defined team. This is by no means a roster that is 100%. Uh, but there's I, I've been seeing these particular players in combination for a while, and there have been a few reports, a little bit of speculation, rumors being thrown around that these guys may, in fact, be in Atlanta next season and uh, i see detox in the chat asking is there any update on the og roster we will be getting to that one very shortly and uh let's be appreciate the uh the old throwback hashtag sticks fam indeed and uh those were in fact great times that's for sure now <laughs> this team would get smoked in a team brawl oh gosh this is this is gonna be interesting right so this is the rumored roster right now going on for atlanta now i'm just gonna go and list up the players we've got simp abizi Celium. Major Maniac, 
and Priesta. By far the shortest team uh, in Call of Duty history and maybe even one of the most skilled. And uh, there's been a few things, maybe a few kind of paths that have been followed behind why these players would want to join alongside each other. Is it just strictly relationships? There's been a few talk about maybe having the same agent as each other, maybe allowing for these, for these conversations to be a little bit easier as well. Um, and from my knowledge, I know for a fact from a few different agents that have told me that uh, Simp was interested in wanting to play with Gen G. Uh, at some point. So we wanted to play with Major Maniac and the guys on that roster. So it's not really a surprise that we see this combination. For me, th this is a, a, a kind of a combo of players that for those who kind of follow Call of Duty, someone on the inside or at least follow the players to a, a really decent extent, you'd say, oh, like these guys together, that's that's not really too much of a surprise. It's not a surprise that they want to team with each other. However, all of them in combination definitely could be something scary. Now, I'm going to point out a few things, right? We talk about this roster. If this team works, what are our thoughts on that? I want to hear your guys' thoughts as well. I'm going to be asking a few questions. If this roster works, detox right in the chat. Yeah, to be honest, this, this lineup would be scary. I'm with that. Like we said, this team together, you've got, especially, we're already looking at the very front, Simp and Ibizi, right? An amazing front line. They've worked together. They have chemistry. They've won championships. For God's sake, they won a world championship most recently. Then you've got Major Maniac. You've got Selium and Priesta all have the ability to be a fast AR, or even Selim and Priesta could run the main AR as they have for their teams in the past. They're a non-confrontational roster. There's no major egos from their past experience. And, and I like to call Priesta kind of like the Swiss Army knife, right? He can play pretty much anything. We saw him throughout Black Ops 4, whether it was fifth phase, being the main AR, being the entry SOG, being the Maddox, like, and obviously in his progression to 100 Thieves as well, he did everything, which is, is very crazy, right? So if this roster works, and these are the positives, right? They have almost every, in, in some ways, uh, category locked up. And if you're looking at Search and Destroy experience, boy, do they have it, right? Major, Maniac, Simp, Abizi, Cell, they all come from primarily based Search and Destroy backgrounds. And as someone who has casted over them a ton during their come up, these guys play with each other a ton. They played against each other a lot as well. So this for me is a, a fast group of young guys who've got some longevity on their career, and they have a lot of potential with this young team. Now, and I see a few people already talked about this in the chat as well, and they're bringing up excellent points. What does this team lack? Right, Because we look at this roster and we say, wow, there's a lot of potential there. There's a lot of skill, a group of young guys together. What could be the problem Leadership. Yes, a young roster, a group of friends. You got to consider that, right? These guys are friends to my knowledge. They have some history with each other. They've played in countless OLT series, OLT tournaments with each other as well. And they have a lot of expectations on them. What has been common with teams of young guys who are friends? Arguments, laid back mentality. We have seen it far too many times where we have seen young rosters or just groups of friends join up alongside each other, and then they start to kind of get laid back, right? They don't want to try and step on their teammates' toes. They don't really want to try and be super kind of over overly dramatic versus each other. They want to try and hold on to the relationships, and that's understandable, right? You're friends, but it's important, as we have seen in other esports, to not only just team with people that you like, but in some ways, once you're in the game, you know, friendships kind of have to go out the window. And for some rosters, they can't really do that. Now, with this consideration, knowing, and I think that a lot of people agree with this one as well, leadership is a big question on this team. And if this roster were to become uh, somewhat solidified, how would this be solved, right? Could a coach fix that? And I think in some ways, depending on how coaches are utilized, is that 
an IGL or a sub that can fix that. I, I think for me, at least knowing from, from our experience, because of obviously subs, you know, could possibly play somewhat of a factor. We have yet to see whether or not subs, like how they'll really be implemented. So we can't really base off a whole lot um, in terms of, of how that would work. And, and I think for search and destroy, you really wouldn't want to sub any of these guys out in particular, um, but would a coach fix that? Maybe would a sub substitute fix that? Maybe it, it depends on how those all really kind of get utilized when it comes down to the CDL. But I think for me, instantly something that would fix that, and this wouldn't be easy with this lineup, is that you'd have to, to sub in an IGL in the main lineup. And I don't know how that would work. I think maybe even if we're looking at overall, uh, a coach like replays, maybe an IGL like Enable, who can play slow for the roster and kind of be in these starting lineups, I think would really help. I, I do. I think that they're going to need a little bit of an assistance uh, when it comes down to this team. Like I said, I think that these are very talented players. I think they can work insanely well in tandem together but my issue comes from the leadership aspect right when it comes down to it if someone's making a mistake who is willing to call that out and I think certain IGLs would be able to do that for this team but I feel like they would need to be main staples in this lineup as well maybe a coach could right we've seen coaches really evolve over the last season especially when we talk about Crowder right I know I know I mentioned replays earlier but Crowder more specifically right his ability to work on this 100 Thieves lineup when they brought in Priesta when they brought in Crowder it was a culture change. Instantly, it was a culture change. The arguments that had formed, the the talk that had been displayed was instantly silenced because they had one guy who held no ties whatsoever, right? You got a group of guys who are all, you know, they have somewhat of an ego for themselves, right? They look at themselves and they say, hey, you know what? We're a very talented lineup. They all had a chip on their shoulder considering how each of them played at champs, a few runners up in terms of Kenny um, and enable. You also look at uh, guys like Octane coming in from the Optic Gaming roster, right? A, a finish like that, the considered worst placement in Optic Gaming's history. You don't really want to be on a lineup like that. Uh, Slasher, his ability to go out top 16 to watch his old rival and aches win the chip. They had some, uh, no pun intended, chips on their shoulder in terms of this team. And so I think for me, this is telling, right? This, this for me is incredibly telling. Uh, and I feel like they would need an IGL in some ways, but quickly expectations for this roster. And if this roster does work, boy, it'd be scary, right? If we see these guys in the CDL, considering that no other team would have these particular players, it would be a scary lineup that has a lot of potential to be a contender, whether it's for playoffs, however really the seasons work. They, for me, would be one of my targets without question. Uh, this is a, a very scary team to walk up against, knowing the speed on this roster could be incredibly bruising. Uh, these guys grind the game, they hunt for knowledge, and they all have a ton of potential. Maybe ones that we haven't even tapped in yet. Like We talk about how young these players are. A few of them, like they've been in the, the scene for like two years. Like A majority of them have. Let's talk about their quick come-ups, right? Because where were these guys at? A title ago, right? In World War II, Major Maniac, he was on Lethal Gaming, trying to prove that he wasn't just some search and destroy star. Simp was proving himself in OLTs, waiting until he was 18. I was casting over him every single week because of how much he wanted to grind. It was incredibly no noticeable. Abizi was playing in OLTs, right? He was playing with Tupac Thuglord and the guys on Wildcard and eventually got an opportunity to play on E6. Selium, same thing as Simp, right? Both on the EU cadets with each other. They're both waiting to turn 18. Like I said, EU cadets with Simp, Illy, and Turnup. They were waiting on Black Ops 4. And now, like we said, we go from last title here into Black Ops 4. Now Major Maniac, where does he stand? Outside of champs in the first event, didn't place outside of top six. Simp and Ibizi, two championships 
including a world title. The MVP going to Sim, considered by a lot of people to be the best sub duo in the world. Priesta, two championships, right? Joins a, a what seemed to be and what could have been Somewhat of a dynasty-like roster, if we could have saw 100 Thieves close at the final two events, I think they would have been in contention for that. But he was ultimately the major difference maker, as he, as I called it, the Swiss army knife of the teams that he joined, can, roll, can pretty much run every single role in the world, and continue to prove himself as a mainstay and one of the best players on each team that he participated in. Selium had a fantastic rookie season, right? Often carried the torch for FaZe Clan in a few different series and had a top three and top four finish on the year and earned a lot of experience by being outside of the CWL and then having the opportunity to join on in. He really took hold of it. So I think for this Atlanta roster, I'm a fan. I really am. I like this team a, a decent amount. No, I don't know exactly um, what forms for the future. With this team, like I said, would a, would, a, would a sub, would a coach fill this role? Could it maybe a, a starting lineup IGL kind of fist, or fit this? For me, like, it would be difficult to say, oh, yeah, we're just going to go and take one of these guys out. Like, we're just going to take one of these guys out and just sub in uh, an IGL for the future. And, like I said, and it kind of depends on how mainstay this roster is. Are they 100% forming together? Is it somewhat up for debate? But, hey. For right now, if these guys were to stick together as a five-man lineup, I think a coach would be an interesting venture. And I will say that these guys in particular have a lot of, how do I say this? I would say for this rumored Atlanta lineup, I think that they have a big maturity about them. Like when you look at all, all five of these guys, you think about being a young roster, oh, there's going to come some growing pains, there's going to be some issues with call-outs. That's one thing that I've, that I've talked a lot about with Sim in terms of like how he doesn't act like a rookie. He really does. He acts like a seasoned veteran despite being a professional player for what are we at seven months now? <laughs> is that, is that all that, that we're at at this moment? So like I said, I, I think for the Atlanta guys, they have some potential and I'm really excited to see if this roster ends up becoming a thing, but I feel like the leadership would be a huge ask. And I think that that's what Atlanta would really be targeting if they can get this team. Every guy looks better and feels more confident when he puts on a suit. There's one problem. Guys keep buying generic off-the-rack suits. That's why Blue Wire is pumped to partner with Indochino for an amazing deal on a new suit. Indochino is the world's leading made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. Looking to get married? They have tons of options for those looking to outfit their wedding party. It's so easy to get started. Visit a stylist at one of Indochino's 40 showrooms in North America and have them take your measurements personally or measure at home yourself and shop online at Indochino.com. This week, the Reload listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $369 at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for any premium suit for just 369 bucks and free shipping. This is an incredible deal for a premium made to measure suit. Once you go custom, you don't go back. If you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or keep walking? Of course you'd take the money. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay you when you win. Let's face it, when you're betting, it's just as important as who you're betting on. Do the smart thing 
If you're going to bet this football season, bet with my bookie. Do you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you could always just take the other side. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to activate the offer. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. So let's go and move on now to the big subject that's happening, right? It has taken everyone by storm. Uh, And we have talked about this maybe over the last two weeks, right? I think in our initial discussion, we talked about Scump. Where is he venturing off to? Where could he be going? Uh, Last week specifically, we saw a number of different posts insinuating that the entire OG roster was going to stick together. There was no real questions about it. It was kind of like, okay, this is solidified in my mind. Where are they going? Where are they going as a team? Uh, and that no longer seems to be to be happening. And that, that's the way that off-seasons work. That's the way that franchising can work sometimes is that you go from knowing one thing in a particular week to the next everything is out the window. Uh, (laughs) That's the way that it works, right? For those who have worked behind organizations doors, for those who have experienced it being a pro, being a a coach, a manager in any position within an organization, you are very, uh, and probably you can almost feel the growing pains and the, and the issues, the stress that comes with trying to form quality lineups and being involved in the off season because of how much stuff ends up formed by how much things really change up over time. So let's go ahead and quickly preface this, right? Last week we were thinking, okay, the boys are sticking together, right? The green wall, the OG boys are going to stick together and move forward into another organization. We saw Hitch's video. We saw Krim's IG post all pointing out that they intended on moving forward together. Uh, And I know I kind of talked about what I mentioned last week in terms of um, what organizations they may try to go to. I thought, hey, for the OG boys, it's got to be Dallas. Right? Dallas right now seems to be the target. Maybe they've got something going on with Hex and Lee Zybin uh, in Houston. Maybe Hex goes off and does his thing. They follow along. Who really knows? Um, but not only did I, not only did the community and some of the players think that, but it looks as if maybe the players thought this as well, that a split surely was not going to happen between the Optic Boys. Now, a lot of this has come from a string of tweets, the first coming in from Karma, which I'll go ahead and reiterate. Karma tweeted, If you'd like to contact me regarding the upcoming CDL season, here's my email, followed up by, I only put this tweet out because it seems things are happening and I haven't been contacted by, in parentheses, Optic, I guess. Instantly, I thought when I saw this tweet come through, and I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this one as well. When I saw this tweet on my timeline, I said, Okay, they're going to Dallas, right? They are going to Dallas. They are moving forward without him. Maybe they have a sub in mind in terms of a sub. I mean, uh, for this particular player, right? Kind of being in this lineup outside of karma. Maybe they've already got someone locked down. And for me, it made sense in terms of Dallas. Because last week, for those who were with us uh, and joining the reload, I was talking about how maybe Dallas, for me, makes the most sense. It's the only solidified option that they has as of this moment. Because you go over to Dallas, you say, hey, this is a great organization. Hey, Astro, we're pretty familiar with you. Hey, the boys in blue, Brandon, we're very familiar with this one as well. And then they realize, oh, yeah. They've got who? Well, who goes now, right? <laughs> what do we go from here? And for me, I thought, depending on what karma situation is and his ability to think about possibly being a coach 
if they want to venture off together, if they're really kind of that uh, locked into wanting to be with each other, maybe uh, we see these boys decide to allow for karma to either be the coach, maybe he be a sub, and then Hook is pretty much filled in for the team. So that's what I thought about instantly as soon as we saw this tweet coming in from Karma. Then later on, Crim6 follows up and tweets, restricted free agent for the 2020 season, all of that hard work for essentially nothing. If any franchise team would like to contact me, you can feel free to reach me here. Later on listed his business email. Uh, later on, right, someone asked Crim saying, I can't believe Immortals is, is pretty much screwing up Optic, making them go from the most loved to the most hated organization, to which Crim responded to that and said, it wasn't Immortals who did this, and it wasn't Infinite or J either. So let's go and explain this very briefly, right? For those who maybe aren't following, for those who are saying, okay, what does this exactly mean? Who is Infinite? Who is J? What does this really mean? Very briefly, essentially, Infinite Esports had the majority stake in Optic Gaming. They absolutely did not do uh, their best with it by everyone's uh, explanation, so I'm not being super biased with that. Uh, Infinite did not do a great job. They have to sell the company because it's going down the drain. They later sell it to Immortals Gaming Club. So by saying that it's not the fault of Immortals, who is now the current owner of the Optic team or the Optic Gaming branding, whatever you really want to kind of throw out there, because we're not really sure as of this moment, all of the things that they hold on to. Um, so it's not in, in Crimsix's mind for this particular tweet. It's not Immortals' fault. It's not Infinite's fault. And then obviously Jay, who was kind of in charge of Infinite from what we've heard from Hex, it was a matter of just mismanaging things, not having conversations. I don't want to go into that because it's none of my business. So at least in Crim Six's opinion, it has nothing to do with any of the outside parties that maybe a lot of people would have thought in terms of organizations and in terms of particular people who were under the Infinite branding. So for me, and then, so this is interesting because essentially Krim is saying that the issue of messing up Optic, which we don't know if he's referring to the old situation or an old situation leading to a new one is causing him to be a free agent. We also don't know his tone in this to a certain extent, right? Is this anger toward the current team for brewing this up? Is this more of an anger toward a specific person as well? All of this comes from the free agency tweet. So for me, this tweet is a result of his feelings toward becoming a free agent. And if he's, if he isn't angered by this in relation to Immortals Infinite or even Jay, this has to be a specific person or maybe the idea of getting info or rather info from the roster because it's important to keep in mind how close these tweets were to one another, right? Or rather, Karma's tweet came from the night of September 8th. Krim tweeted the morning of the next day. So the evening of the 8th, the morning of the 9th, that's when both of these tweets come through. Just enough time if you're Krim6, to see that Karma has not learned anything, maybe he said, I don't I don't know, Krim. I don't know what's going on, man. I, I have no idea. I have not been told anything. Maybe Krim tried to reach out and realize that maybe he isn't wanted. Maybe he's not getting any answers, or maybe he's not getting the answer that he intended as well. Maybe he isn't going to be, be rather progressing with TJ, Dashy, or Scump. Now, quickly, don't get me wrong. By no means am I tossing out the blame game on anybody. I would not think in any way this has to get put onto Hex. I wouldn't say with certainty anybody. So don't misconstrue what I'm about to say. Don't misconstrue what I'm about to, to kind of discuss here because I want to be very clear. I'm not saying anyone from my knowledge. I am simply speculating. We have to be careful whenever you talk about that because a lot of people will assume that this is Landon's feelings toward a particular player. When, when pros have spoken out, about things. Um, it's misconstrued sometimes as what they think is 100% and those are their feelings. This is what I believe could be going on as of this moment. So with all of that said, 
This is what I think may be happening, right? This is Landon's opinion. Nobody else's. And this comes from what I think could be not what is or what rather could be happening. I think that this is the other OG guys. If not one in particular, leaving Karma and Krim6 out to dry. Now, this could be a manager. This could be a certain person that's leading the optic guys away from each other that we don't know. But from the pieces that we do know, this for me may or may not have Scump's name on it. It may or may not have Dashy. It may or may not have TJ's name on it. And maybe they realized, hey, you know what? With the current lineup that we had, we were outclassed last season, right? Our first event performance was fine. It was great. That was phenomenal. But we were beaten up toward the end of the season, right? In the last game of Optic Gaming's history, we got 3-0'd by the new guys in town. We got 3-0'd by the, by the new school, the, the cool guys on the block, by Nadeshot more specifically. Sure, we had a good start, but we far and away just weren't good enough. And that was very evident, right? Whenever I was personally in the front row and I was watching for the last time Optic Gaming's branding be shown with those players under the spotlight performing for this organization, it was instantly noted they just weren't good enough. It wasn't something in particular. It wasn't a clutch factor that was missing. It was a number of different things that were occurring that just showed they weren't good enough. And Scump has made it clear, and for those who have watched a few different podcasts, and obviously major major shout out to, uh, to all the people that have kind of been, especially in the off season and kind of as of recently expanding into podcasts and stuff like that, self-made with Nate Shunt, obviously, uh, you know, Hector's podcast as well, The Eavesdrop. But for those who have kind of listened to a few of those, they have heard Scump pretty much talk about that he intends to only play for two to three more seasons. Maybe he wants to go out on top. Maybe after Krim and Karma, by no means having the best year that they ever have had, that's for sure, the other three would like to venture elsewhere. They'd like to, in some ways, relocate. Maybe they head over to Dallas. Say, hey, what's up, Hook? How's it going, buddy? What's up, Envy? What's up, Astro? You guys want a team? Let's bring in Arsides. Let's bring in Gunless. You know what? Let's bring in Formal. Let's roll out this season at the top. Let's get to the very front of the line and bring in the extra pieces to complement us that will allow for us to be a top caliber team. Again, because it's been a while, right? It's been a, it's been a, a decent amount of time since these particular players have been on top. And especially if we're kind of more specifically talking about on Scump because of, uh, you know, TJ's kind of shorter history in terms of relation to Scump. Obviously, Dashy, uh, you know, being a few year player, not having the same history as, as those guys either. But let's go and talk about a few other things that happened since then. Karma later on during his stream uh, kind of commented more on the tweets. And we're going to try to take a little bit more from this uh, and said this. Nobody wants to say anything to anyone. So I tweeted what I did. I'm sitting here in the dark while people are doing stuff. You hear that? People are doing stuff. People, multiple, are doing stuff. That's a sign of a man who is incredibly in the dark. And normally, and pros know this very well, when you're in the dark, odds are it was intended to be that way. Meaning it's not a coincidence that no one's responding to my message. It's not a coincidence that no one's returning my calls, my texts, my DMs. Someone, or rather something, looks to be brewing. And after five titles together, could we see the core of the old dynasty, the core three, finally be parting ways? It looks entirely possible. So at this situation, and like I said, 
guys, at this moment, we, and from a very humanistic point of view, we're speculating, right? We are assuming what could be, and I have to, I have to preface that every single time I get the opportunity. We are prefacing what could be from what we know where could Crim6 and Karma go now, right? Because they're the only players as of this moment to tweet out that they are, in fact, restricted free agents. Who knows, within an hour from now, by the time that you're listening to this, by the time that you're watching this, by the time that we're live next week, we probably are going to know a ton of different new stuff or more rumors will be out there. But would Crim6 and Karma maybe go together? Where are they going to go now, right? With, with franchising, they're intending on being restricted free agents. That's kind of their goal as of this moment. Are they sticking with Optic? Let's go and assume that maybe they're taking every opportunity that's available because I think that makes sense, right? I think, I think that kind of makes sense for the most part, right? We want to try to venture elsewhere. We want to try to go off by ourselves if they are keeping us in the dark, which according to Karma is true. Does he at least want to try to go elsewhere? And I will say this right now. Any team right now in the CDL confirmed that's looking for a leader, any dominant roster that wants someone at the center of their success, you look no further than these two. There's a reason why the GOATs, these two, the greatest of all time discussion is based around these particular players. Karma, the three-time world champion. Every dynasty has had him or looked for him the first option for Cole, the first option for Optic was to get this guy on the lineup to reach their full potential. Crim6, 33 major championships, a two-time world champion, a work ethic by what has been explained by pros as unbelievable, and his determination, from what pros have said as well, would instantly put players into gear. Like I said, let me make this incredibly clear. If Crim6 and Karma are indeed available... You bet if I was a GM, and I know GMs watch this show. I know that they see this too. I know that they have the same feelings about this. You best believe I'm calling them. <laughs> Seriously, you best believe that I am calling these guys instantly. I'm hopping on a plane. I'm booking a hotel and I'm asking them, how much do you want and who do you want around you? That is what they deserve from what they have done in their call to esports history, from what that they have accomplished so far in their careers, they deserve to be treated like that. They deserve to have people fly to go meet them. They deserve to have the roster, the organization in front of them and say, hey, you know what? Let's work together, right? You become the player GM. You have earned that right. You have earned that responsibility to at least have a say in something that's going on. And this is what I talked about. If the Optic Boys or whoever, for God's sake, is, is, is I'll say this. If the Optic Boys or whoever, for God's sake, it is really, does not want these guys, you tell them early because you don't keep them in the dark unless you intend on keeping them there because they will get offers. I'm sure they already have. I'm sure they're getting calls constantly. They're probably having meetings. Like they're probably overwhelmed by meetings right now. And this has happened so many times in the NBA where a talented group of players, and I mentioned this last week, say, you know what? Let's go play for this team, right? They'll sign us. Let's go together as a roster. Let's go together as a team. And I'm glad that Moho mentioned this as well in the chat. It said, Krim and Karma have huge marketability too from a business standpoint outside of the game. Absolutely true, right? They are some of the biggest branded players. They obviously have the title of being on Optic, but primarily to that, they are some of the most well-recognized faces in the entirety of Call of Duty and are considered to be the goats that are in that conversation. Nobody else is for the most part, right? No one else is in that conversation of achievements outside of those two. 
Now, like I said, in comparison to the way that I have talked about this in prior weeks, we have seen teams, especially in regular sports, say, you know what, let's go off together. Right, we're a talented group of players. Let's go ahead and venture elsewhere. If you're the Optic Gaming roster, probably work the same way. Hey, we're going to work together. We're going to do this as a team. Let's all try to figure out where we want to go. And then doubt starts to set in, right? Not everybody makes it forward. Someone always, from a sports point of view, and even in this esports one as well, someone always is left out to dry. Someone always is, right? Whether it's a multiple of people, if it's the, the main guy who's kind of forming everything, Someone is always left out to dry. It happens every single opportunity that arises. And as someone who follows the NBA very closely, as someone who follows professional sports very closely, and I'm sure even a few guys in the chat as well, you guys know that this happens all the time, right? You know that this always is occurring. Teams say, hey, we want a team together. Here we go, right? This is the plan. This is the game plan. And then things don't pan out, right? The entirety of the team doesn't make its way forward. And I constantly compare, and I'll be having this segment more often, and I'm actually going to have a dedicated time where I talk about this. Call of Duty is so similar to the NBA, it's actually crazy. It really is. From the personality standpoint to the way that the game works, how fast the instant success rate is, leads to the viewership the way that it does. But a lot of it is based off the players. A lot of it's based off the storylines and the roster changes. Not always are the same, but it's also very similar. Like I said, in some ways, it's very, very similar. So... This has happened often in the NBA, and now it's happening in esports and has been for the last few years. So for me, it is not shocking that we find ourselves where we do. Players say, hey, let's go off. A few players get left out to dry. They realize, hey, there's a lot of options right now. We see all the restricted free agents. Do we have the opportunity to grab this guy? I know I called it a few people earlier. Do we have the opportunity to play with this player? Would that really kind of excel us? And like I said, maybe this is what Scump, TJ, and Dash are feeling. Maybe not, right? Maybe not. Maybe this is what their goal is, is to try and find someone else, right? Maybe maybe this is their goal to try and seek elsewhere, realize the restricted free agents that are available, and start to move forward. Who knows, right? There's a, there's a lot to be thinking about right now. Franchising is crazy. It really is. And we can obviously speculate and say, oh, this is the location that they could eye. Like I said, if you are, and this is what we believe right now, considering what has happened, if Krim and Karma are available... Everyone is calling them. If you're not calling them, you're crazy. It only makes sense. It really does. Depending on the roster that's available, depending on how your team is looking, you put them in instant IGL, instant success in some capacity because of the history that they have. It would only make sense. That's the way that I look at it right now. And feel free, guys, to let me know what you're thinking about this because who knows what will happen, right? Franchising is absolutely crazy, and it's unbelievable to think about that we're only in the beginning stages. We're, we're, we are only in the beginning stages of franchising in this offseason. There's been a lot of people kind of in the back lines or kind of behind the curtain saying, this is unbelievable. What we're witnessing, the roster combinations that are forming, and we'll obviously be having a lot more updates come soon, uh, but it is, it's very telling, right? There's a lot to be thinking about. There's a lot of different angles that we could come about this story or come about this particular rumor that's being spread right now because I really don't know what's going to happen. I don't think a whole lot of people know. Maybe the players obviously don't even know what's happening either. It, it's going to be very interesting. Um, but like I said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in for this episode today. Thank you for everybody who listened on iTunes, for everyone who's maybe checking us out on YouTube, Spotify, whatever it may be. If you haven't done so already, make sure to check us out. Follow us on Twitter at Prediction with two E's at myself, at Lando on Twitter. Uh, I'll be posting the links to this episode. So if you joined a little bit late, 
feel free right to check out those links they'll be on my uh specific social media they'll be on predictions as well with two e's on twitter so make sure to stay tuned for that uh, i appreciate everybody for tuning in right we covered some interesting subjects today we talked about Jinji's departure we talked about the rumored atlanta team and uh, we talked about possibly where optic is as of this moment because we are in the infancy stages of seeing this team possibly begin they're split. Who knows, right? Maybe we could be having a lot more talk for the future. Maybe it'll be something that quickly gets mended over. I doubt that. Uh, but the fact that we're seeing players left in the dark, according to Karma, is somewhat telling, right? It is somewhat interesting to see what is going on for the moment. So, like I said, a massive shout out to everybody who tuned in. If you haven't done so already, make sure to hit the follow button here on Twitch, right? Prediction Esports, we have something uh, awesome going on right now. So make sure to follow us. Stay tuned to a few of our other shows. Like we said, we've got a ton of different games. So if you're interested, not just in Call of Duty, if you have an interest in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, if you have an interest in NBA 2K of Overwatch, follow the stream, right? Follow us here. And if not, you can at least watch the reload each and every week here on Tuesdays at 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. Like I said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. It was a phenomenal episode. I think we're continuing to break uh, overall records when it comes down to strictly viewers. But like we said, guys, we're only trying to grow this. We're only trying to uh, to keep it afloat. We really appreciate everyone who tunes in, everyone who's been uh, incredibly uh, nice and incredibly positive about this. And if you'd like, feel free right? leave us a few um, ideas for ways to improve the show, ways that we can uh, start to kind of develop this a little bit more. We really do appreciate it. But like I said, we had a, a fantastic show today. Couldn't thank you guys anymore. And uh, this is Landon Lano Sanders signing off, saying thanks so much for tuning in, and we will see you next week.